0: everywhere and nowhere baby mostly nowhere absolutely hopelessly irretrievably fucking nowhere here on the owls americast sheffield wednesday opinion with an american accent yeah we're doing a show some dumb idiots decided to do a podcast on night of the rotherham game sometime last week and here we are one such idiot is your host jeffrey pedernostro i am drinking a pineapple kingston negroni tonight because I would like to be anywhere but here. So I'm envisaging, envisaging? Oh boy. Imagining myself. We'll go with that. On a tropical <laughs> island somewhere with a split base of Jamaican and pineapple rum, Campari and sweet vermouth. It can pleat the traditional Negroni combination. It's very spirit forward because it's all booze, which we'll need to talk about these two games. And the two idiots joining me to talk about these games. <laughs> First, in New Jersey, it's Patty A. Jones. Patty, what are you drinking?
1: Good, good evening, Jeffrey. Um, I've been drinking whiskey since about 4 p.m. this afternoon. Um, and that's why this idea of a live Facebook podcast came about. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was either I quit the podcast for good um, or... It was looking I very was, good
0: around 4.45.
1: Yeah, yeah or um, we can get people involved that we've never done before and make it exciting. So um, we've gone for the latter. Uh, i'm drinking old-fashioned um uh, and i will uh, keep chasing it throughout the night
0: also on the line in his own well sub tropical paradise i suppose out on martha's vineyard <laughs> it's justin desorger justin what are you drinking
2: three miles from martha's vineyard jeff i don't think i can swim that far <laughs> i think about it though you can see it right off the beaches so i grabbed a uh imperial stout off the shelf on my beer run today and I don't know what it was. And it was 13%. That's why I grabbed it. So, but speaking of your Negroni, I'm going to chase it with uh, Schilling Beer Company, which is up in Littleton, New Hampshire. Um, they make what they call an Aosta, an Italian style Pilsner. And I was fascinated mm-hmm. by that because I don't know what an Italian style Pilsner is. And I'm going to give it a shot tonight.
0: It's like probably not very good. With my <laughs> Fair experience of Italian beer has taught me anything, but.
2: Jeff not very good.
0: Much like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Was, that, was that your transition? <laughs> there you go. So uh, we're going to dispense with the match previews for now. Or match reviews for now. We will do a match preview. There's one game, mercifully. It will also probably be bad. But Wednesday, more likely to lose in a more traditional, less stupid way, perhaps. <laughs> but we're going to dispense with the match reviews because... If you're listening to a podcast the night or, I suppose, morning after the Rotherham game, you're the kind of sicko that watched both the Luton and Rotherham games. You know what happened. I don't think there's anything we can add to the experience uh, analytically, emotionally, spiritually to uh, improve things for any of us, really. So we're going to skip that and go right to the Wednesday news. Uh, Wednesday have a new manager. They have hired Darren Moore from Doncaster Rovers, previously of West Brom. Uh, This is a little bit surprising. We haven't been done manager odds for the last couple weeks. I think he was on them, like fourth, usually behind, like, I don't know, John Carver and whatever weird person had linked themselves. He was one of
2: those guys who appeared in, like, week four and stayed through week eight.
0: (laughs) But they were gone because I think everyone assumed that Neil Thompson was going to be the manager for the rest of the season. He is not. He, unfortunately for him, still has to stay with the first team and watch this garbage. But it will be Darren Moore and his backroom staff from Doncaster in charge of the team. The rest of the way out, Paddy.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, we've been dealt a real shit sandwich this week, haven't we? Because we, we had the, uh, obviously the Luton game um, and we've had the uh, Rotherham game tonight. Uh, but in between that, we got a little bit of a, a little bit of a nice bit of news. So I do want to preface this that yeah, we are doing a kind of a weird live Facebook um, feed tonight for the for the podcast. Um, and if anyone wants to get in touch with us throughout this, um, let us know in the Facebook comments, and we'll try and bring you into the Zoom call um, for the for the regular match review we would tend to do. Um, so let us know in the comments and we'll let you know. But essentially, the Darren Moe appointment, I thought, was a shot in the arm that we needed at the time, right? I thought we'd given up. I thought we'd... After the the, the Luton game, I thought, was oh, it. Ten series like, played his cards and we were like, we're going to settle for this for the rest of the season. Um, but I genuinely think Darren Moe is a very good appointment, regardless of what league we're in next season. And I thought that at the time. I think more and more we're going to be in League One next season after tonight. Um, it's it sucks for him that he has literally, what, 13 games left now, is it, to turn this around? Ugh, God. Uh, and <laughs> a, a team that has just lost so devastatingly um, uh, to try and pick up it is one of the toughest jobs that I could think of in the Football League. Um, but I think uh, he's a good appointment. I think he's a young manager that's got a good record. Um, I, I believe that he plays good football uh, Justin might challenge me on that one but uh, I spoke a few, to a few different uh, Doncaster Rovers fans and they think he's a good manager um, and I'm happy with the appointment. I just hope we give him time if it gets to the end of the season and he's lost 10 out of 13 and we sack him <laughs> I feel like that might be the wrong move uh, because this team is on its arse totally on its ass. And I think it would take fucking, I don't know, it would take a a colossus to move us out of the relegation zone right now.
0: So that's the thing, right? There's the generic optimism of, well, they're trying something, right? They're not just going to play out the string. They brought in a manager who is doing a fairly good job in League One, which is the kind of manager they don't normally go after. I know, obviously, he was a caretaker at West Brom. And as I recall, they they were pretty much down when he took over. Was that for Pardew? And uh, actually got them playing pretty well once they were out of it, which, yeah, maybe that'll happen for Wednesday this year. And then had them in fourth, but with a team that was chasing automatic and probably thought they deserved automatic and was uh, sent packing because of it. And if you talk to West Brom fans, I'm sure Justin will mention in a minute, the view on his tenure is a little more mixed. But then you have the game today, and look, he's had, what, one and a half training sessions, basically. You can't really expect him to put his mark on the team. They were still kind of playing the haphazard Neil Thompson ball. And look, there were moments where they looked like they had a little bit of attacking now. Some nice moves by... uh, shaw in the midfield i think with both with and without the ball to set up some stuff down the channels or down the wings and a couple good set pieces from corner kicks and then one really really bad set piece from a corner kick later in the game so it's difficult to evaluate it was not a good performance frankly it was a shocking game of football in a lot of cases and both teams were resoundingly shit for most of the 90 minutes or 97 minutes i guess So it's very difficult to evaluate it. It's going to take him some time to figure out his starting 11 if he wants to play a a 4-2-3-1, which it sort of looked like at times they were playing today. Not always um, as sort of sticking to that formation and roles that you'd like, especially like Bannon was still doing Bannon stuff and dropping into the back four to get the ball, which when you're playing, I mean, either on the left of the, Three or no, the, he was, the play, three. he was
2: playing. He was playing as the
0: ten. Yeah, yeah. When you're playing as the number ten. You really don't want to be the number ten next to you know, the number f- two. <laughs> um, but again, I don't think you can take away a lot from this game as far as what Darren Moore is going to do going forward. You can take away a lot from this game for how Wednesday might look going forward, which is shockingly poor. But Justin, you have uh, you're a little bit more. I don't want to say pessimistic, but you're a little bit more cautious about the Darren Moore tenure?
2: So when, when this first happened uh, and it went down, I didn't really look into it much when we were first um, linked with him. And, and I do remember him being with West Brom. So I, I did a bit of a deeper dive and uh, Patty will get all stats man on me. But the, the fact is that if you looked at the statistics of how the team played. When he took over West Brom, when they were, they were all done. Um, And they had a couple of big wins. They beat uh, Spurs and they beat United during that run-in. Both won nothing. But if you actually look at some of the deeper stats, uh, the expected goals were far lower than the actual goals. Like I think close to three expected goals uh, lower than the actual goals in eight games. Um, And those three goals were big for making, you know, when you win one nothing, that makes you look pretty good. So... You know, West Brom didn't actually play that well. In fact, they played like Pulis, who started the year as their manager before Pardew came in, changed everything, was terrible, and then Moore made it back to Pulis. And then the next year with West Brom, uh, they had maybe the best, most talented team in the division and were kind of scuffing even in fourth. Um, So, and, and when I went and looked back at what all the West Brom papers and what people were saying at the time, everybody kind of said, well, this is why Darren Moore got fired because he's a man, he's was very tactically rigid, always the 4-2-3-1, insisted on playing out from the back, even when he had a team that couldn't do it. There were Chris Brunt quotes, kind of throwing him under the bus in a nice way. But, you know, there was some stuff I, I read about that. And that's when I reached out to you guys and said, I don't know if I like this. However, looking into what he's done with Doncaster and his approach, I'm a little more optimistic. Um, I do worry that he's not, you know, tactical, tactically adaptive, which is one of the two main things our team needs right now. We need a manager who can adapt during games and adapt game to game and set things up and change things. and be I mean, able We can't to, play
0: well one way right now. I don't know how that's going <laughs> <well, laughs> to not not gonna
2: like work. Well, it's not going to work fluid sure. right? It, it might not work this year. And that's okay. And that's why I'm okay with this signing longer term if we understand this may be a project. And as Batty said, got to get the man time. Uh, but having said all of that, um I'm really excited, and I'm really rooting for for Darren Moore and you know, yes, it's that he's a young manager, so there there is some potential there. The fact that he changed the way he operated from his first failed job to a second job shows the ability of growth. I'm excited about that. And Joe Cran had a uh, tweet, maybe yesterday, uh, whenever the news was announced. And he said, I really hate to bring this up uh, because I don't want to talk about him being black in this way, but I'm really glad that we got a black manager. And I don't know if it's an American or English thing. I'm happy to talk about the fact that I'm glad openly that he's black because the importance of representation for people is not often understood. Uh, especially by a bunch of white folk like us, right? Well, I think this is something, um, you know,
0: obviously I write about baseball full-time and that's another sport where the, whether it's the front office or the, you know, the touchline in this case, the sure. managerial dugout, does not reflect the sport at large. And that's certainly a problem in soccer. The The backroom staff, the touchline, the director of sport, not that Wednesday has a director of sport, uh-huh. does not reflect the people that are playing English football right now, um, and I it, yeah I want to see Darren Moore succeed because you know right. what we've seen especially is sort of like this sort of I don't know how it's the uh, uh, glass ceiling kind of thing but you you know the, Tony Pulis is always going to get another managerial job no matter how like badly he fails at a spot we've seen people like you know Mick McCarthy and think of all the recycled you did have to go to the Dutch league at some point
2: recycled
0: but you know those manager. type of managers always seem to get more managerial jobs if you know if Darren Moore washes out like Paddy says and loses 10 of 13 i don't know what his next job is going to be if anything in english football
2: you hope so i mean you yeah. hope he gets <laughs>
1: wait you know, so I, I, I jokingly said 10 of 13 if you if you, if Darren Moore loses 10 of 13 do you think will suck him he's still better than
2: Pulis. <laughs> <laughs> so No, I just, I I do want to finish this thought and then we can move on. Because the idea, like, you know, I'm 44 and when I was a kid, if I was a Scottish kid, it would be possible for me to, not likely, but possible for me to someday manage Manchester United, right? If I'm growing up these days and I'm a Spanish kid, I could be Man City's manager. But if you're growing up black in Birmingham in the 1970s and 80s, and 90s you can't be a manager in english football and darren moore has done that so for all those kids out there and especially in sheffield now an opportunity to see and say hey we can do this we can see that representation i think that's important beyond sport and that doesn't mean you shouldn't fire darren moore if he sucks we most certainly should fire him
1: if he sucks but Whether he sucks or not, we're probably going to fire him if he loses 10 or 13 games, regardless of a long-term plan or not. I don't think we should. Well, we don't have I don't a long-term think we should plan, either.
2: Patty. We spent all year talking about no long-term plan. James has spent four years talking about no long-term
1: plan. <laughs> Look, I'm with you. We don't,
0: I've known James don't, for longer than this podcast. It's been more than four years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think we could, I don't think we should either. Look, regardless, if you lose the next well, I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's bring someone else on to talk about this. Uh we have said on on Facebook, if if we uh if we have someone to say, if you have something to say, join us. Um I'm very happy to say that uh, one of my favorite podcasters on Sheffield Wednesdays asked to uh, join us as well. Uh it's Luke Gledal from the Different Gravy Podcast. Luke, um, welcome to Alls Americas. Um uh, what's your thoughts on this fucking last couple of games and what's going on at Wednesday?
3: Well, it was pretty unexpected, wasn't it? It was incredibly left field. Uh, I, much like yourselves, I don't know what times you guys get up, but uh, I woke up to... I actually fired up Twitter and saw a tweet from Alstor saying, oh, there's more Wednesday news to come. I was like, I didn't know there was initial Wednesday news. <laughs> so that was the point I then find out that Darren Moore with sheffield wednesday manager and then obviously the subsequent news was his backroom staff joining it's uh it's it's pretty bananas
1: it is and uh what do you think of the last of today's game for instance i feel like um we're bringing people on uh for kind of therapy at the moment the 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 idea about bringing people onto this kind of live calling on facebook was to just uh just a primal scream into the ether If you need it, just fucking let it out. I I had this thing on Twitter earlier on where I said, the players that should never play for us again, a thread. And it was unfiltered me without thinking of what people think. And it was not nice. I'll give you that. Uh, Give us the unfiltered version of uh, Luke Liddell and and different gravy. (laughs)
3: Well, I want to be positive here because I think, like, the thing is, we can afford to have a game and a performance like that, like much earlier in the season when we're looking to change track and we're looking to change and kind of adapt away from what we had before. That's fine. We can't have this now. We can't have this to the point we're entering a fourth manager for Sheffield Wednesday's 2020-2021 season. This is not the time for that. Like it's fine. It's fine to say that this is like it's okay. There was some nice enough kind of football being played, but we're still the same mistakes that we're making all the time. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty heinous goal to concede. Like there is nobody challenging that cross. Um, this is also sorry. Is it, is it Matt Smith or Michael Smith at Rotherham? I believe it's Matt.
1: Most Matt Smith Michael. Michael Smith Matt Smith is the other tall gangly guy that plays. The for other shit tall club. gangly yeah. guy
3: Who plays for another shit club Work. Who Tom Lee shits <laughs> himself When when he gets the ball nearby We discussed on our last podcast It's uh, Tom Lee's has a tall striker allergy
1: <laughs> I think just an allergy in general Have you seen his eyes? That's got to be an allergy he's got, he's got no He's got no uh, iris It's just all pupil <sighs> <laughs> i did call him a dead-eyed soulless i think maybe a c would have mentioned on twitter uh, that was during my unfiltered phase too so um no i
2: don't you did on twitter you've done that on here and in person so true
1: true uh, whether uh tom Lee's as a soul or not is up for debate still i believe um anyway uh luke that's really nice i've got a few more uh uh comments on facebook she's nice um new orleans owl is going to touch he's ready to join um and we have uh, Colorado all the way to join, too. Uh, Jeff, Jeff and Justin. Teacher. Jeff and Justin, take it away while I'm trying to do the admin of this, please. Oh, Luke, We didn't have an agenda uh, for the episode, Paddy. Yeah, let me, let me days, hit so. Luke up
2: with a question. Uh, Luke, uh, so you, you were, we were talking about more today, and I was super curious if he was going to push in. He's, he's, done a, he's played like a 4-2-3-1 very consistently for a year and a half at Doncaster, and that's what he does. When I saw that lineup, I was like, Are we doing what we've done all year or should be doing all year except for Pulis, that three five, two? Because that's how we bought the team and set up for it, or is he going to kind of move it around and cram it into his four, two, three, one, which it looks like he did. Do you have thoughts on that either way? About more coming in and saying, Fuck you guys, we're doing it my way versus hey, let's I uh, I've just been here, as Jeff said. A practice and a half, <laughs> and like, hey guys,
3: let's why don't you do your thing. The thing that I really want to be wrong about is a Sheffield Wednesday fan. I think it's something that we all sh- we all share. Like on this, is like we have seen this football team for the entirety of the season. We have seen that there's no recognised left back in this team. Like I, I, that is not Matt Penny's role. I don't. I still don't yeah. know what Matt Penny's role is. Like I'm going to be honest, but it's it's definitely not that. So. I, I really want to suspend my disbelief when i see some of the lineups like but then that's the thing i didn't know today looking at that from initially when you see the lineup is this going to be a free five two you know because you could see you could see palmer playing kind of the you know as part of that back three. i made it work both ways when i thought about it <laughs> can i can i raise something on the podcast i i don't know if you guys have covered this yet but um At this point, I'm starting to wonder, is there a clause in Sam Hutchinson's contract where he has to play every game?
1: It's weird, isn't it? Uh, Because, I mean, (laughs) he is clearly leggy. Leggy is being kind to him. Uh, And, I mean, he lunges at the best of times when he's he's desperate. (laughs) But he feels like he's desperate a lot. I uh,
2: don't want him to touch the ball.
3: (laughs) I I thought he was actually,
0: like a little more passable when they, when he was kind of slipping back into the center back three, cause he yes. really didn't have to run and his yeah. positional awareness is still pretty good. And he can also still pick a pass out of the back too. But anytime well, he, he, to start, he was
2: so good when he first came back, right. As a center, he, back, you know, that first two games
3: I thought was good,
0: but they kind of have him in the, <laughs> the Joey Pelopesi role right now. And he's,
1: which, uh,
3: which role is that,
1: Jeffrey? Can we not call it the Joey Pelopesi role, please? It's a bad <laughs> title
0: uh, someone pointed out on Twitter, uh, 12 points from the six games with Joy Pelopesi starting, three from the seven with Sam Hutchinson starting there. So you can't argue with the stats, Fatty.
2: Well, that, that well, was some more through. today. More, but, more wants that. When, when you do that 4 two, 3 one you want to get the ball. You want to work triangles between those two defensive midfielders. your fullbacks and your uh your four front four and right. that just wasn't Hutchinson was not going to do that
0: and left back aside and we don't have a left back and that's an issue I don't think the center the two pivot positions is an issue because you have at least for the rest of the season Luke Shaw and Massimo Luongo who would be perfect for that the only problem they is would be perfect. Massimo Luongo can never be fit for three games in a row which is again, as I said last week, is why he's at Sheffield Wednesday and not in the Premier League. I don't <laughs> know if he can
3: be fit for three games a season, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, the The perfect middle for
2: Darren Moore, the perfect central midfield, would be Shaw Luongo with Izzy Brown up front. Yeah, that that grouping of them two is the defensive, or really more. ace, you say when you to say to when boxes. you say the
0: perfect grouping, you mean a perfectly mid-table championship <laughs> midfield three, which is fine.
2: I, I think that's a midfield three that can push for better things, but well, they're one not going to be here next not year be and
0: probably not Maybe. In
2: maybe. Yeah. Uh, it's just not. Just funny. Poor Darren Moore comes in and then, hey, here's this guy who would be absolutely perfect for your defensive midfield. Yeah, he's going to Celtic next year.
0: Well, I think the other problem, too, just more generally, is the idea that, and I sort of alluded to this already. Uh, you can hammer this team into any formation you want. Like the players just aren't <laughs> getting the job done, whether it's three, five, two, four two three one for whatever iteration they come up with. Whatever the fullback situation is, however many center backs, which center backs they are in any given.
1: Let's day. talk about the actual formations, today, because right? I feel like right. this is Dynamo's first game, and I feel like he got it wrong. I feel like he's not viewed any tapes of us. He's not seriously. I mean, I've been there three days. I'll give him that. But if he'd watched um, any of
0: our games, he wouldn't have taken the job, Patty. <laughs> <That's>
1: true. <laughs> Maybe ignorance is bliss. But I, there that the back four we've not played well in a back four in absolutely years. Tom Lees cannot play without two people at the other side of him. He is yeah. a dreadful centre half with uh, in a bag four. I thought Burner was all right today. To be fair, he was all right, but I mean, he's he's swimming in a, in a in the deep end with no fucking help. You've got Penny, you can't defend, and you've got Palmer, who's patchy at best. That the formation there <laughs> was asking for trouble, and you've you've started Adam Reach, um, Barry Bannon, Liam Shaw, and uh, uh, Hutchinson in, in midfield, and Windass. Was playing a left-sided role, it just... It, I, I'm going to give him a pass. I'm not going to give a pass this week, but that if you'd watched us play over the last season, that was never going to work. And it didn't work. Um, And Adam Reach, how he gets a game, uh, based on his performances recently, I have no fucking clue. Um, Yes, Izzy Brown gave away the, the goal at the end, but he was much better against uh, Luton than uh, Adam Reach was. And Adam Reach has been over the past, what, 10 games now?
0: I thought Brown was okay after he came on just because he was actually... The one thing he does, and I think this is if they're going to play that way is key, is he gets the ball, he turns upfield, and he looks to make a pass. And nobody else in the midfield does that. Like even Bannon, when Bannon's running around in circles a lot of time, he wants to take it. He wants to take an extra touch. He wants to kind of do like sort of swing out. But Brown is direct and was actually able to pick a pass down the channels, uh, especially against Luton. That was true as well and I just you get this player (laughs) this is so Wednesday I mean we've gone through four managers this year so everyone's gonna have their favorites other than Joey Pelopassi who they all start but Brown always seemed especially even early in the season like kind of the perfect and not even like a number 10 but some sort of like central attacking midfield kind of role and we keep and uh, Patty and I disagree with this. I thought I thought Bannon was actually pretty good in the second half. I thought he was shocking in
1: the first half. Um, I Let's get Bannon. Can... I'm going to fucking take you down because Bannon... I thought it was the, the opposite. Bannon was the better... One of, one of the best players I've seen um, this season in this first half. I thought he started everything. Everything, everything started with Bannon. So yes, he put that shot up. He can't shoot. I'm, I'll, I'll grant that. We all know he can't shoot. But everything... Everything starts with Bannon.
0: Yeah, the problem happens the is when he passes it through somebody, they can't it,
1: fucking shoot our
0: pass. We don't win when everything has to go through Bannon is the problem. It's but he's like the only the, one doing anything. This is like, to use the NBA example, this is like the Russell Westbrook. He always needs to have the ball. <laughs> and the yes, James he, he can create chances. But if you actually look at the volume of chances he's created, given how much he needs the ball, I don't think the math works out long term.
1: Yeah, Look, it doesn't work out long term. I'm just saying today's game, Bannon was by far and away the best player on the pitch. Ooh. And as soon as he gave it to anybody else, it was like watching a fucking circus. Like reach, you pass the ball to reach, he falls over, he takes too long, he can't, play, he can't use a right foot, he has to switch his left foot, it takes it takes too long on the ball, and he fucks it up. Uh, if he puts a good set piece in, there's no one on the end of it, because no one's in the right play. It, is, it was comical at times. I felt like I was watching. It felt like I planted Barry Bannon into a non-league team, and I was watching people fall over in front of him. And if I was him, I'd just get up and walk out. I'm surprised I'm surprised he a contract because I feel like it's so frustrating watching Wednesday play at the moment.
2: Daddy, I think, I think your whiskey kicked in too early because <laughs> I, agree, I agree. No, I agree with what you're saying hundred percent for the first half hour of the game, and then Bannon drifted too high up for a while. And then he drifted too far down for a while and then he started trying to play hero ball again because you're right there was that first half hour him as the 10 was perfect because he was advanced and he had three options to roll that ball through to or chip over the top two and he wasn't getting the kind of help that he could have used I, I i agree with that 100 percent. but i also thought he then threw his hands up and kind of turned into hero ball and that was part of the problem i just think liam shaw was the best player on the pitch today Not very Bannon. The
1: show was good, but he gave the ball quite away away quite a lot. Um, Uh, Bannon wasn't as good sometimes. First half, when me and Jeff had the argument in WhatsApp, that was um, that's when I thought Bannon was doing great. By the way, I want to bring Jamie in because I know that Jamie's got a baby, baby, (laughs) a baby. He wants to kind of uh, get back to Jamie. Can you hear us? Jamie, can you hear us? Yeah. Can Can you hear me? Yes. All right. I can't
2: see you though,
1: homie. Yes, you're in. But you can't see me. Yet.
2: I can see you. I can't see you, Tony. I don't
1: mind about not seeing you, mate. But uh, as long as I can hear dulcet tones. How we doing? <laughs> are, you? Are, are, we, are you going to ask what I'm drinking? Yes. What are you drinking, sir? I've
4: got a whole box
1: of Costco. <laughs> of
4: mine. And, I'm, and I'm skipping the glass. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna get this tap straight in my
1: mouth. Jamie, you finally
2: an American now. Yeah. intravenous
1: <laughs> dripping to uh, Costco. Kind of day. And when like you say a big son.
4: Six-year-old, but she's behaving like a baby tonight. So, how come you can't see me? I don't know. The camera's,
2: camera's not on. Yeah, it's not video. Oh no,
4: zooming is unable to detect camera. I've ruined it now, and I've ruined it. I was listening to you going great, just slagging Wednesday off. <laughs> I've come in and ruined it.
1: Um, you uh, jet, jump uh, in. Jamie, uh, on the anniversary of the first ever away, away day in New Orleans, when we uh, <laughs> conceded three goals in the first thirty minutes against Derby County, yeah. I feel like we've really done ourselves proud. By you. I'm honouring uh, that result um, yeah. in the last two uh, games. How if, are you you feeling
4: said, if you'd have said to me on Bourbon Street this time last year, you know what? Well, you know this time next year, <laughs> <laughs> we'll still be, we'll be, we'll be locked down. We'll still be in lockdown. We'll still be
1: locked down. Darren Moore our manager, and we're, <laughs> we're firmly really in the relegation places. Relegated. And oh, it's will like, be our fourth you? manager. You
4: couldn't have you. scripted it <laughs> with this bad, could you? Although, actually, yeah. you know, a few episodes ago, you were saying what's the best and worst of the season so far. And I wanted to call in, but I couldn't because it wasn't live, obviously, when I was listening to it. <laughs> the last time we played Rotherham United at their ground, yeah. I think yeah. it was like November. This is true. Hurricane Zeta was coming right over New Orleans, a Category 2, almost a 3 storm, right? And it came literally right over. The winds were like 70, 80 miles an hour. And we went 3-0 down. And literally, my roof started tearing off. (laughs) Shingles were flying off my roof into the (laughs) garden and into the neighbour's garden. And Madeline, my daughter, was going, oh, Dad, look at that. And it's like, and and literally, all these months later, I've still not got it fixed. You know why? Insurance company won't pay. It's like, and I had a day, I'm like, i am got to call him today. I'm like, I can't. Because I'm thinking, I see, every time I think of Rob I look at my roof and I see like five holes in my roof where shingles should be. And I think of 3-0. And, and guess what as well? You'd think, oh, hurricane... The power's going to go out. You I was going to
0: say, it. you'd think you'd have to watch the game, but no.
4: No, the power stayed on until about an hour later. <laughs> and then it went off for five days. <laughs> there was no sweet yeah, relief. Like, typical. Well, that, did well, you I was,
0: least miss the Wickham game afterwards then?
4: What a 12 months? Uh, no, I, I must have. You came no, I've not missed any
1: games this season. <laughs> Jamie I'm goes scared. to the pub to watch it. Uh, yeah. Hey, yeah. He's you allowed to go to me? the pub in New Orleans.
4: We're still getting a nice turnout. Yeah, we're allowed to sit outside of Pimacools and, and watch the
2: game. Uh, what cute. a great spot that is, just to
1: have it that is, TV yeah.
2: out there, man. It's, it's, it's so, beautiful. Anyway, let,
4: let, talking of meetups, let me bring the mood up a little bit and think of next season in League One.
1: Let's uh, go start.
4: Where are we going <laughs> to have
2: the second national meetup?
1: Um, I say we
2: do September in New York.
1: September's close. Can we all get vaccinated by then? Uh, hopefully, yeah. I mean, how how about as, uh, up, how's Accrington
0: Stanley in November? That's the weather <laughs> like
3: that. Oh, wait, wait. So Astros, so I, New New actually, I
0: do actually want to apologize to Accrington Stanley fans because I've made them the butt of League One jokes the last couple of weeks. They have a better chance to be in the championship next year than we do since they're in seventh <laughs> place in League One yeah. right now.
2: It's a funny team name. It's like Alexandria yeah. Crew. Right. <laughs> you should use them. They're mid-table, Jeff. Mm-hmm. That
0: should be your new... Oh, Wait, is that, that where Walking Dead's filmed? I did, do, makes, uh, uh, really I did post did, the did Google Directions. I posted Google Directions from Hillsborough to MK Dons today. And it was whatever. It was, it was, it was like a funny joke. Then I actually looked at it, and like, literally there were 30 different construction notifications on the M1 the whole way down. <laughs> <laughs> it said, this journey may take longer than normal.
1: All right. Well,
2: um, Jamie, did you just ask a great question? Yeah. Why did Darren Moore leave a potential
4: uh, League one promotion side?
0: I assume we're paying him more take money. Take on
4: an impossible job. We were, we were pretty much down after Saturday's result, weren't we? Forget tonight, even if we won tonight. State right. one,
0: they have been five points off 19th, Jamie. Yeah. Just don't look at the rest but,
4: of the fixture at, calendar. I mean, what, what, five straight defeats now have yeah. we had? I mean, we've got relegation written all over us. We have for like a while. The
2: stink of it surrounding
4: us. The (laughs) stink of it surrounds us. It really does. So why would Dan and Moore just take this poison chalice? I've no idea.
1: Money. Yeah, it's got to be money. Money? Nothing else. He made Chancery laugh.
2: (laughs) Any, any direct, direct quote man well at least we, had, like, we right know our, our uh, we at least out. we know
0: this manager has had a conversation with Chen before taking the job unlike Pilost I
2: love it actually again I'll I'll throw in a point I meant to make about Darren Moore earlier he is by all accounts the nicest fucking man in the world and he is a super devout christian which i don't give a shit about except for the fact that he follows it through 100% and he donates lots of time to uh, different causes. Joe Cran mentioned the uh, Inspire Africa cause that uh, Moore is a big part of, and you know, spending a lot of money in third world countries and a lot of his time going to these places and doing all that. And, and when he was at West Brom, even when people were like, "eh, you're not necessarily doing a great job," everybody loved him and his attitude. Um, he's, he's the just a wonderfully kind positive person and lord knows we need that around this fucking club
1: right now uh right so um we've got another guest on this is good this is working out quite well i like it um andy in colorado has joined us uh andy how are you doing mate
5: <laughs> as good as can be expected <laughs> <laughs>
1: what are you drinking
5: uh, what are you doing uh, i've got a Michelob amber bock
1: so, we didn't ask luca Luke, have you got a drink on the go no, I'm just uh, Calgary's castle pop,
3: but it's in an innocent <laughs> gum
1: glass. You'd like to know, <laughs> Andy. Um, what would you like to go off your chest on today's uh, I want to call it praise and grumble. we need to find a we need to find a praise and grumble alternative to this Al's America's but, um, uh, the live podcast variant here. What's what, what's going on in your mind?
5: It just It just infuriates me what's going on right now. Simply because, obviously, in Colorado, we've we've got a seven-hour time difference back to Sheffield, so it's right in my midday today. So I'm am a teacher, teach first grade, so I managed to get 20 minutes during lunch where I could watch I follow, and I got the exact time that they scored their goal, their first goal, and then I have to go back to teaching. So I'm trying to teach while sliding looking at my phone, trying to find the score, and I'm getting more and more angry, with take it out on the kids in class. So, and then when the when the the winner went in, I was fuming. It just ruins my day, it's particularly in the morning. Like the the Luton game, by the time it finishes, it's 10, 10 a.m. for me, and my day is just ruined. I'm just it, just angry all day, and every every game I watch, it's kind of a joke now. I, I speak to my family back home, and I say, "Oh, I hope it's a good day for you today." It never is. All year, it's just been a just a cluster all year, and then you know, you see you see those tweets, don't you, that go out? That are funny like saying one goal at home whatever it is in 2020 you think I've watched every game I've watched all of them how much of my life has been taken watching that shit all year
2: the fuck is wrong with us we've
5: never we've never
1: we've we've never even drawn a game we've gone uh, we've gone down a goal first right we've lost every single game we've conceded first in so we should just turn off the match as soon as we can (laughs) see to save any kind of uh, um, waste of time Uh... But to be, um
0: to be fair, Patty, they did equalize with literally the worst goal I've ever seen
1: in my life. <laughs> Let's talk about that one a little bit. Because that was uh that was the only way we we're gonna score tonight, right? We haven't even talked about Matt Penny six though. feet offside, yeah,
0: and still not Matt able Penny to up finish.
1: <laughs> upper side terrible control, uh and just rebounds off the goalkeeper, and the guy, the defender, just happens to be there to poke it in. Um but I want to talk about Colin Patterson a little bit, because I feel like he had a fucking nightmare today. so um, oh, what's new. I applaud the fact that he's in these positions quite a lot, but I'd rather it's somebody that can fucking finish in this position. Because two of the Gary
0: Hooper back from India? I think he would on board three today.
1: Really? Two of the four opportunities he had today, I think maybe he had more than four, but two of the four I can remember, the keeper was already gone. He dived <laughs> out of the way. And Patterson <laughs> could still not fucking get on target. That is unacceptable. And they had a free header which he should have gone target. Two free-headers. Two free-headers. Look, I know he some effort in, but these are the people that uh, we shouldn't have been signed in the first place. Yes, we need fighters. This is all Gary Monk's fault in the day. Gary Monk <laughs> signed a bunch of people that he thought were good um, personalities and, and good...
2: Uh, ca- bullshit. Callum Patterson would be good up front with the right partner. He doesn't have it. He's being asked to do something he can't do, which is be the finisher.
1: Disagree Disagree entirely. He's he's he can
2: he can do the add G role. I think he does. He works hard.
1: After he scored goals occasionally, though,
2: occasionally you're talking so about our Cameron leading House, scorer, so. Patty. You're talking about our leading scorer. <laughs> I don't,
1: I don't see. I, don't, I, I, I get that he's scored uh, the all his goals, all his goals have been shit. Uh, just yeah, I, mean, I, it the body I and... don't
0: even mind. Like, sometimes you need to score some shit goals in this league, but. Yeah, I think he's kind of he can get like he can get like 11 goals for you. Seven of them will be shit. He'll score a couple of penalties. He'll have one random 25-yarder, uh, but he needs the right like huh. amount of service and you can play big guy little guy with him. I think his traditional awareness is good. And yeah. even his hold up play is not awful. Um, you know, it's not what he's he decent looking for. but yeah. You know. But again, it's like anything else. There's been no Service. I I do have a question for the group. I I was watching. Yeah, there
1: was service today. I'm I'm covered. There was there was service. Yeah, he, he didn't score. fine. Uh, and we did, had lost did, service and no one on did, the end of after it.
0: they came on. Did uh true? Did Rose or Marriott have a touch?
2: <laughs> Marriott did. <laughs>
3: not
2: not many, but I did see him with the like ball I in appreciate a like going
3: for too. it, but has <sighs> some weird. Yeah, Marriott was in that strange
1: left wing berth, mm. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah
2: that's not where he's going to be effective, right?
1: Maybe no. the Himal Windas were effective in that left wing, but. Yeah. And then and one of got- them
0: will go to Reading in another year and score 25 goals for them because <laughs> mistakenly played <laughs> would, Ariat, I would have say two, three, Justin.
3: One. I would say, Justin, I think Marriott's very effective back at Derby, being involved <laughs> on the training
2: ground. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's better when he's injured. Mariot
1: looks like one of those guys that, um, you know, the pranksters that got on, like, in front of the uh, team photos. They just j- jump onto the pitch and he's like just jumps onto the end of the team photo and oh it's well it's, it's that prankster that gets in front of team photos but he's been doing it over and over again and get on the pitch while we're playing football and it's not funny anymore he should go back to being a prankster
2: <laughs> oh christ guys this is something this is something
1: um, who do we this finish with on the pitch? Who do we finish on the pitch today? We, we finished with at least what four or five strikers? We had Kuchunga, we had Patterson, Marriott, Rhodes, and then Izzy Brown behind them right? Izzy Brown and who was the other midfielder we had? Uh, Shaw was still on, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. So it was like it's like a four two four we were playing, right?
3: Yeah, you think that's very, um very kind of efficient and forward-thinking, Paddy? That we're leaping ahead to that desperate moment of the manager's reign <laughs> when they just showed all the <laughs> on. The pitch? Putting a
1: WM here. Yeah. Did anyone see the fact that they had um, when Far Rhodes and Marriott came on? They were showing him the, the PowerPoint slides with the attacking yes. set plays. Yes. But then when we had the last corner of the game, no one knew who to take the actual corner to actually put it into the set play. Oh, Paddy,
2: good call. That was ugly. Uh, like. And that's not necessarily Darren Moore's fault or whoever's in charge of that, but it is one of those things where, fuck, you want to have that manager or that coach or somebody whose responsibility is still just, on, right? No, Penny got taken off. It's
0: like, who did they expect to have on corners? <laughs> like, I'm not think who I actually put one. Well, like, no, but but from like not, not about who, you, not the about left,
2: who like... you expect to. It's about at some point somebody in charge of that fucking team in some coaching position should have known on their radar we may take barry bannon off this game for whatever reason if so who is in charge of free kicks and corners and rank them oh well if izzy brown is on the field he takes and if he's not uh, somebody else does and we because didn't who do that Kachunga
0: today. walked over to take it at first i think oh, before i don't
2: i think kadeem harris has taken him before he's not great mm. at him but he's yeah. taking him i kind of figured he would be going over that way it was just one of those things, right? You, you, you're going, how do you not have a clue? I don't give a fuck that it's a brand new coaching staff with one and a half practices. I don't give a fuck that it's a team falling apart. Be fucking professional at your job. Be professional. Coach them, teach them, have awareness. And we're ambling around trying to figure out so, who's taking a corner kick.
3: I have seen one decent Harris corner from Kadim Harris. Yes. Which is yes. probably like a third of the amount of decent corners we've seen from Bannon this season. Hmm.
0: <laughs> if, if Harris had ballooned it over everyone, they probably would have at least gotten a point on the game.
3: <laughs> Luke, I'm
0: so,
2: on board. If you want to go deeper with that, <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've all watched all of the corners, Justin, we don't need to dive in. Really, um, and the free kick. So, so I do want to say up. like, I'm now thinking about it. Why exactly did we bring in Mariette and Rhodes at that point? Like, I get you want three points there. I just don't know that going to that, like, they were having a lot of success moving the ball after Smith got sent off. It wasn't great, but they at least seemed to be able to, you know, Rotherham was sitting, was basically sitting off and playing for a draw at that point. They were able to pick them apart. That's really when you want Bannon and even Palmer, who can do some overlapping runs, still in the game. You put four strikers on, none of whom can really do much without service and you have nobody to put a ball in the box other than harris at that point
2: well brown but well right. brown's
0: much better sort of again sitting back in and playing you know playing defeat basically which is fine but right like you don't like those are not exactly the three guys i think like you at that point
2: you're no really you just do that to, with jack marriott if he's like one of a front two or you know slicing in from the wing not
0: right there was no real shape you know, to it there was no i, I like that we haven't yeah. even talked about the Luton town game because fuck that man
2: <laughs> can, can i just say it up can i just yeah. say thank you jeff i mm. hope this was all set up for me mm. first of all uh my notes start with camera oh, right you get a lot of notes ug, yeah camera angle ugh shadows ugh pitch ugh and then the whole game proceeded to go like that but i will just say that i was so proud of myself because i'm rarely uh intentionally humorous person i thought of a great fucking line it popped into my head i'm like i wish this is a sitcom and i was picturing nathan jones walking into that locker room at halftime and totally channeling sir alice ferguson and going lads it's wednesday <laughs> and just that's exactly what fucking happened they all laughed and then they came out <laughs> and they shoved it up our fucking ass and you know that was that's what that was that was lads it's wednesday and they shoved it up our fucking ass. They made a formation change. And Neil Thompson and made couldn't a keep his job. Because he, could, he couldn't. Yeah. They made a couple substitutions so and a formation change. And Neil Thompson couldn't keep up with it. And there went his job.
0: That's the thing. I'm like, I, going back. And I don't want to keep dunking on Gary Monk, who seems whatever. It's Gary Monk. <laughs> like, Luton Town are, well, safe, for one thing, for championship football for next season. I hope so. Um, but for... A team that's fairly new to the league and really shouldn't have the squad or financial resources of a team like Wednesday at this point, they have some real attacking talent. Like they were able to find strikers. Like Adebayo is, he's a handful for anyone. Like Wednesday, there's no player where you're like, if you're an opposing manager, you're looking at that squad and like, we can't like this is this guy's going to give us trouble like on their day there's players that can do it but it seems like every single one of ours has been figured out by the rest of the league at this point and that's it right there's no there even when it went 1-1 and they were a man up you look and you know i hate to bring it back to the Carlos era teams because you can do that until the like. That's just that might as well be Chris Waddle and David Hurst at this point, as far as where the club is. But you could look, and when it was you know, Forestieri would find a goal, Hooper would find a goal, Wallace would find a goal. They you know, they create something out of nothing, and there's just no sense that there's anyone in that team that is either willing or able to grab a match and again like again like Luton Town that should have been a winnable game especially up to you know like you know Rotherham at home you see it out like you get ahead and you see it out these are the games there's no ability to win any kind of game really is the thing
1: I think you kind of I stumbled on a point there around that where we used to win games um under Mary Carlos mean, towards the end of Carlos's thing was, was through a few great kind of pieces of individual skill. So what great today is well not just today but whenever we play on like a national broadcast where Sky Sports coming down things or something like that, they'll mention that Adam Reach scores worldies. They'll mention that Adam that um Barry Bannon's a fantastic player that just dropped down with the Premier League. Barry Bannon hadn't played the Premier League for <laughs> six years now. Adam Reach hasn't scored a worldie. Well, it feels like for more than six years, but I'm sure it's less than that. Um and it's just like this is the this is the tropes that people power about. We've known watching this for the last three years now, that Adam Reach hasn't scored a worldie. He hasn't scored a goal, I don't think, this season. Or oh, maybe one goal this season or two goals this season. But it just there is these are the people from the past. These are the, these are the people from the history that we're relying on, and it's no longer there. We don't do we don't do what people expect us to do because we have gone with the whole like skill, effort, talent from that.
0: I don't even. Two think seasons it, we were good.
2: I, I, some of that's true.
1: They also,
0: this is, this is, they're all five I've... years older now.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that's why you don't fucking resign them, and that's what <laughs> yeah, that's we're doing. True. We're re-signing these people. They don't give a shit what Barry Bannon that's has somewhat, done it, in the past. Even if and I appreciate if, all you know, this,
0: even if, I disagree, if, even if I disagree, even if I disagree with Patty about go ahead, go ahead. Go
2: ahead. Go ahead.
0: Even if I disagree it, with Patty, that you know Bannon versus Shaw, like you watch that game, who do you want here next year? It's not Bannon, it's Shaw. Regardless of who is better today, I don't think oh, so, man. Patty,
2: stop it! Patty, stop it!
0: I will That's drive like to your Shaw, New is Shaw 20? I think
2: he twenty. You would take Bannon over fucking Shaw right now, dude. Shaw,
0: we saw Shaw's. Shaw is a like champ. Shaw is like full array a champion, of skills today. Championship, like and he. He has some size. He has a physical presence that Bannon doesn't have. Yes, he His can't put touch. a he can't put a forty five year old ball down the forty five yard ball down the wing to Kadim Harris that Harris will then balloon over everyone. Like he doesn't have the Hollywood pass in him, but he does the basic stuff well. You need to succeed in this league right now. You talk oh, about got, how he's got,
2: he's got a fabulous first touch. Yeah, he can move the ball short, put it on people. Oh, Jamie. <laughs> You look good, baby. <laughs> you
4: look <laughs> good, <laughs> good, baby. I got a new light. La- so listen, uh, the Swansea City game drew 1-1. One one. I was outside for McCool's with my old laptop, and uh, it started raining big time. Ruined the laptop, knackered it. I went without a laptop for a good few months, and then my lovely wife bought me a new laptop <laughs> for Valentine's Day. And this is the first time I've used it with video, and she's just had to come in now and do some, like, tweaking, Finally got me online.
1: Video. I love it, the first time we get on video on your laptop. It's on live on Facebook. Yeah. to our to our all nine of to all nine of our Facebook videos uh, viewers. It's uh, probably most of us are listening. Luke, no, you sorry put, about that. Now Luke, you've got to put it in face. look, and I have got the box line <laughs> <laughs> down in one, down in one, down in one.
4: Always oh, a lot in there.
1: Luke, you put your hand up early on. I wanted to go back to you.
3: It was just, I, I hate doing this, Patty. You know, I, I feel like me and uh, me and Rich on Different Gravy have a penchant for pissing you off by mentioning a certain band that I'm going to avoid. Let's mute you, you right want, now. We're going to mute you? I'm not
4: talking about Embracing. Okay. <laughs> there you go.
3: I, I Unfortunately, I know, Paddy, how much you love Jordan Rhodes. Unfortunately, Jordan Rhodes is another one to add to that list because every time we're on Sky or any such immediate, it's like, Jordan Rhodes! Like, everybody shits yeah. himself like it's some... This beetle turning up or something. I don't know.
1: Sky Sports said today that Jordan Rose and Jack Marriott are renowned championship scorers. And I almost had to puke up some <laughs> kind of like my intestines and everything inside my stomach. I was like, when was the last time you watched championship? Has this seriously not happened for like a long, uh-huh. long time? Um,
2: Anybody want
1: to uh, go, go ahead, Daddy? No, so go on. I'm, I've got some questions. I'm going to go to some of the questions on uh, Facebook and Twitter. So oh, I want to go. Yeah. That's so what I was um, say. anything is better than a, talking about up. Wednesday. So, <laughs> um, while we're all on, um, so Jeff Hatcher says, uh, "Where is the identity? Uh, where is the idea from the club of what type of football we want to play? Um, the club will not succeed until we, as a club, decide on what identity we want to have." So even outside of the idea that you know, that there's no director of sport
0: and there's no long term plan, this is the fourth manager that really hasn't had a transfer i mean january in place of a transfer window and they were again searching for a manager the entire transfer window i don't think neil thompson was making purchases for say i know that there was some action third manager but,
2: monk monk technically had last
0: year, right? yeah monk had last year. So there, these are all these people using gary monk's players and trying to make it fit into whatever system they want to p- play and this is something that's now gone on for you know however many transfer windows because, you know, Monk came in late because Steve Bruce left late. And Bruce came in mid-season. And Josh Luakai, I don't know if he knew the championship or English soccer or how to manage a football team. And there's really clear no clear overarching idea. And like, look, Darren Moore wants to play 4-2-3-1. You know, Fine. If if we're committing to gar- Darren Moore past this season, come what may, let him go out and buy the players he needs to play a four two three one. He's managed in the Premier League, the Championship, and League One. He should have a pretty good idea of who he wants to get to fit his system.
2: Follow the breadcrumbs, Jeff.
0: Right, and that. But that's the idea, right? Like even if you don't have a long term plan for the club and a nebulous at best transfer policy that may involve various agents of dubious prominence. you still have to like <laughs> give like like Gary Monk built the squad to play the way that Gary Monk wanted to play. and we can argue whether he got a long enough leash or not. I think most would probably argue that it might have been time, but that's the reality in this league. It's it's been basically since Carlos left it's been a series of you know short termism, type decisions and there's a reason that the cowleys and chris Houghton and whoever else don't want to come here right now there's i don't know what we're building i mean i I know what we're building it's a club that's going to akron stanley next year oh, oh, stanley does not get promoted Jeff. yeah
5: there's a small part of me that wants to drop to League One. Because last time we did, we did clear out everybody and we found the wheel and we found the brunt and those players and we built and came back. But like you say, would anybody even want to come to us now in the situation that we're in? So we're stuck between the rock and the hard place, I think, all the time. It's such and a tricky balance. And realistically, too. Like- I want to stay in the championship because that's where, you know, we're going to do better and we can attract better players. But then you think, should we just get rid and start afresh? But then you've got to look at Chan Siri. Would anything change if he's there? So... What do you
0: do? And the financial penalties for going down now versus ten years ago, mm-hmm. given where the club is, I, I like how many times can you do that over a twenty-year period and mm-hmm. bounce back? Like we've seen clubs like Bolton and, and you know Wigan, Sunderland still down there. You know, Pompey is a mess. They might finally get back up, but you know, there's no guarantee they bounce back particularly quickly. Like, exactly. Yeah, maybe they're Wolves, but I don't think anyone thinks they have the infrastructure that Wolves has right now to do what Wolves did. Outside, so, of possibly the agents of dubious providence.
4: <laughs> it's still an absolute mystery, as well, how much money Siri has. And my worry is how much longer he keeps. He just like throws his dummy out. You know what I mean? It's like how how much longer can this go on? If we're down there for a couple of two or three or four years, what, what he's bankrolling us, eh? Well, like, the
0: other the the problem with that is yeah. Yeah, he he's bankrolling us in so much as. He's continuing to put a fairly pricey squad on the field, but the rest of the infrastructure around the club is not, I don't think it's getting funded the same way, whether it's commercial, whether it's the youth team, whether it's the pitch, whether it's anything else.
4: Clean up the pitch.
0: (laughs) The team is not, you know, the, the club is not merely the, you know, the 18 players that get penciled into the starting lineup or the squad every week. There's got to be more around that if you want to have real growth. Like, look, it looks like Brentford is finally going to get to the Premier League this year. And I know James has made this point before, but if you go back and look at the League One playoff again from about a decade ago now, uh, and sort of the path the two clubs have taken since then, it's sort of a tortoise versus hare kind of thing, isn't it? Like, Wednesday were the team that went up. They survived.
2: That's not a tortoise hair. Hartlepool's in the fucking... They're not even in the league. <laughs> they're out of the fucking league. <laughs> but right? what I'm saying
0: is, like, specifically for Brentford and Wednesday, you know, Wednesday got up, they survived Dave Jones not being able to handle the championship. You know, Stuart Gray steadied the ship. <laughs> they brought in... <laughs> yes, dog they brought in new money with Chen Siri you know maybe they got they got a little, got like a little a faster you know they got a little taste of it they got to Wembley faster but they haven't been Jeff, able to sustain it like Brentford has had sustainable <laughs> growth over the last decade Jeff. and Wednesday have not i want to let the dog out of the room before she wakes up my 8 month old
1: all right before we so we're going to we're going to move on to the preview soon, but uh, while we've got a, a good cross section of owls americas on this podcast uh, we get some po- we get some questions on the uh, twitter too so uh that are not necessarily miserable ones either. So I'm going to go to these ones. Uh, what's the best bars you've watched matches in across the States? So first of all, I'm going to go to Jamie in New Orleans, obviously. Is, I think he's got a very strong no, only one is
4: Finn McCall's, isn't it? McCall's
1: in New Orleans. In New Orleans, yeah.
4: I, I can't say anywhere. I mean, have I watched games other, elsewhere? I have watched games in other cities, but nowhere matches Finn McCall's for me. Andy. But obviously, I'm biased. <laughs> um, <laughs> Next,
5: I'd have, have to say the football factory with with you. When I went out for Valentine's Day a couple of years ago with the wife to New York, I dropped in. I told I I told the wife we were going to New York for Valentine's Day under the guise of just going to meet you guys in New York. She loved me for that forever. So yeah, that was a really good atmosphere in there. Out in Colorado, difficult because you know they're all Man U fans, Chelsea fans, and so on. So. I'd call them glory supporters, but, you know, not right now. <laughs> so, yeah, Football Factory was a, a good, because that was an early game, if I remember, against Rotherham. So, it was still a good atmosphere to say it was only 7 a.m. New York time.
1: Luke, have you found a good bar where you are? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say
3: Football Factory in New York and one time. I think I was there for the it's when we beat Villa 2-1, and we were actually there, like, four minutes late, so we missed reach. Reach beaming in a beam and that was yeah. method, Look, Look, uh, have you told me I've met you before? No,
1: I, I think no, I didn't say well. I'm <laughs> too shy. Okay. Anyone else got better shouts uh, for football bars? Just you want to give your shout in uh, Boston?
2: No, because I want to cry. The field in uh, Cambridge closed down because of coronavirus, which wasn't my favorite bar, but I've seen Wednesday play. That would be the Phoenix Landing, um, and we'll get back there again someday uh but the field was a fabulous irish bar that had to close down unfortunately because of coronavirus one of one of the great spots in in Cambridge mass for getting a good pint of guinness and, and relaxing
1: all right i've got one more question and then I'll let you guys go and we'll talk about the preview uh, for reading um strangest place in the states that you've seen a wednesday eight i've got a good one for this so i can start off so mm-hmm. i was at uh, Austin City Limits Festival. Uh, I was just about—I was thinking—I was leaving the stage where Young Blood were playing, who are from Doncaster. I didn't realize at the time, but I was like, "This is the worst music I've ever heard in my entire life." I—I um, I hope they're going to die in embarrassment. And I googled them on the way back to see someone else, uh, and I realized they're from Doncaster. This is in Austin, Texas. Uh, I was like, "Oh fuck, they're from Doncaster." <laughs> now, now Young Blood is like fucking non like. Thirty thousand million fucking Spotify plays, like partnering with anyone you talk about in like rap world and stuff like that. Anyway, don't listen to it; is is awful. But on the way back from Youngblood to another tent, um, I was wearing my Wednesday shirt. My friend was too. He lives in Houston. Um, And a guy comes up in a kind of leather jacket and a cowboy hat, and he goes, "Fucking hell, Wednesday fans in Austin, Texas. What are you doing down here?" And I'm like, uh, we're just seeing a festival, mate. And he's like, oh, oh, it's really nice to meet you. I'm, I'm from like back home in England. It's like, oh, well, we live in H- My friend lives in Houston. And my, my friend in Houston goes, oh, he's Paddy from New York Owls. Do you know New York Owls? It's like, great, thanks, mate. Uh, and the guy goes, oh, follow him on Twitter. I follow him on Facebook. Oh, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And anyway, long story short, this guy uh, is from uh, about, I would say, he's, he's almost neighbors to my parents in uh in South Yorkshire in like a Maltby type Sandbeck area and when I went back for Christmas a couple of years ago he was literally uh sending pictures of of something on his back garden and I realized that his back garden pretty much was my parents back garden and I was like oh dude we should probably like catch up because I'm not down the road from you (laughs) so I met him in Austin Texas I found him in South Yorkshire, wasn't? That was the weirdest place I've seen a Wednesday night in the field in Austin City limits. Justin, you had a hand up for that too.
2: Well, I was going to say nowhere uh, other than New Orleans because I just hadn't met any Wednesday fans, but you guys may not remember. Do you, do you remember a brief uh, period where you had a phone line you could call in and uh, leave a message.
1: <laughs> the ill fated phone line, yeah.
2: Yeah. So I think I was the only person to ever call. Because I got <laughs> really shit faced one night. You need to get out more. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Apparently. Uh, I got shit faced one night. I think I'd probably played hockey, come home, and continue drinking. And uh, I called to tell the story of the time I was at a bar in uh, Newton after school. It's like teacher night every Thursday teachers would get half off appetizers or some bullshit uh, if you went in there from three to five. So We were over there drinking, and the Irish bartender looked at me in my Wednesday kit and said, oh, Wednesday fan. He said, you know, there's a Wednesday movie. I said, bullshit. He's like, oh, yeah. And he tells me this whole thing and Sean Bean and all this. I just didn't <laughs> it. I didn't know. I didn't oh, no. know. I didn't know. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. I gotta go home and watch yeah. this. And all of a sudden, he stops goes, wait. Maybe that's Sheffield United. I said, oh fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, Irish guy. <laughs> oh, it's
4: a shame. It's a good movie. <laughs> Not from that bit. Not from the pink shirt. Um, I may I disagree. That was a terrible movie.
3: You could play for your to Jimmy.
4: Oh, hold on a minute. I thought we were talking about the full monsoon. <laughs> <about laughs> <fine>. <laughs> Cause he's a he wears a who wears a pink shirt in the full Monty? robert carlisle uh,
1: robert carlisle oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, so, yeah i prefer full money i never even shit. saw
4: where Saturday comes i refuse to watch so i'm yeah, not seeing
1: it any other weird place to you wednesday in america before we uh, kick you all off
4: no bedtime i'm depressed
1: <laughs> <laughs> on that lovely note how many more uh, games we uh, got luke jamie andy thanks for joining us um we really appreciate it thanks for joining us and making this much more fun than it would have been without us Jamie the down a box of wine <laughs> we're going to get on to the previews next thanks guys
5: Yeah.
1: good night good to see you Jamie
0: wait right. we're doing we're and, uh, doing more
3: we could do more
4: Jesus I should, should take
1: Justin Justin have I got your number Justin We. We can message you, mate. Yeah, mate. Get, maybe get, I'll do get, this, get this, on this on Facebook like, Live. No, we can do this. Yeah, uh, we can do this. Sorry, um... Sorry bye.
3: bye,
1: bye, bye, Jamie. I'm trying to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff, let's go. We're doing we're a
0: match to, preview. Yeah, a match preview from just not playing the interstitial music. <laughs> so now we'll move to a, a single match preview. And Justin discovers Redding, who we've already played, and has a very good striker, who used to play at Wednesday.
2: I will say, guys, I send you all this information so you guys could contribute to the previews too, but mm. since it falls upon me, uh, fifth place team, uh, 17 fucking wins. Imagine that. they won 17 games this year. If Sounds fun. Many they scored the 46 goals. Yeah. No, for real, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh not in great form my friends not in great form uh, buddy i got news for to...
0: you what whoa, happened my team's whoa, 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 not in great whoa. form we're we're previewing ready we're
2: previewing Reading. Mm. i'm not worried about anybody else here previewing Reading. not in great form they lost a 10-man wickham can you imagine losing to a 10-man side in the relegation zone who the fuck does that uh even their last two wins they were not very good against uh well, Rotherham and, uh, Blackburn. So if you guys recall the last time we played them at the beginning of December, uh, Callum Patterson on a 24th minute goal, everybody was feeling good. And Liam Shaw almost immediately picked up a red card after that, uh, Lucas schrau equalized for halftime. There's a one, one draw in which we spent the entire second half bunkered up, uh, within our 18 yard box. Uh, not particularly enjoyable. Uh, Reading has played a 4-2-3-1 most of the year. They like to work the ball to their front line. Four guys, all of them, uh, well, João is 27. The other three attacking midfielders are 25 and under. uh, Azaria, Olisse, and uh, Mite, who is back for this game after having been out injured, uh, which is not great. And they will keep the ball on the ground, move it up to those front three, and try to find João on the move. Uh, which by the way, again, Lucas Schwab, uh, 17 goals, six assists. He's uh, fourth in the league in goals. Um, although I believe goals per minute, he's a little higher. Um, and he's second in goals and assists, uh, only to Ivan Tony, who's, mm. you know, from another universe in this league. So, um, Good news is they've got a couple injuries. One of their defensive midfielders is out and one of their big center backs. Brentford might, have like five players out. of
0: <laughs> Jeff,
2: Jeff, there's one team we're talking you,
0: about. You were now. asking me to contribute more to the preview. So I'm trying to help Justin.
2: Very helpful, Jeff. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, we're going to fucking lose to Redding. That's how that, yeah. that's how that goes. So I don't know if you guys want to contribute anything else, or.
0: Is it at Redding or at Hillsborough?
2: Uh, it's at reading the so I guess my only stadium. question is
0: it, yeah at the Majeski when they put the cardboard cutouts in the stands are they all wearing Manchester United jerseys
2: <laughs> oh ouch uh, ouch oh, that hurts that hurts my, I mean, my good so friend Karen right, I, like, um, I feel like
1: I feel like this is a certain loss uh, I don't really care about so uh, form.
0: so here's the thing like you say that. I don't know when it's going to happen, but they're going to win like some stupid game in the next couple weeks. It's going to get them within like four points of safety with a game in hand just to be as obnoxious as possible down the stretch.
1: If this goes down to like the last game, I'm going to hate them more <laughs> for dragging it out because for real, at, at this point, I am ready to just go, that's it. We're gone. We're relegated. Don't give me that ounce of hope. They gave me the ounce of hope by appointing a manager when I thought they'd done. Um and I don't I don't want it anymore. I'd rather just lose the next five games and be done with it. I just I'm sick of it. I'm sick, I'm sick of this football club. I'm so happy that we had a really nice <laughs> chat with lots of fans tonight. And I really appreciate everyone to join on Facebook Live. But uh, I'm done with it. I'm done with this season. Let's let's get on with it.
0: All right, then. You've been listening to episode 129 <laughs> of the Owls Americas. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. And find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas. Our podcast, Intro and Bumpers, by fellow Wednesday Eyes forever and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean. Probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And Wherever you choose to consume the Owls of Aircast, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesday nights find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter, at New England Owls. Justin, which fixture in League One next year are you most looking forward to?
2: Uh, none of them, Jeff. <laughs> not looking forward to any of them. Um, I do actually just really quick, and I seem to do this a lot, because maybe it's the edibles that I eat and it causes me to forget <laughs> things until the end, but I really did want to take a minute to recognize Glenn Roeder, right? Oh yeah, I was he supposed was to. It was a on guy who was, yeah, I know. We we didn't have an agenda because we all got drunk this afternoon <laughs> because of this <laughs> shit. But so I'm really glad I remembered this at the last minute, because um, because was a good player and he was a solid manager. Um, I think West Ham's his most famous. I know mean, Newcastle. He managed there. He was he was on Hoddle's squad in England. Um, But he was part of that initial staff with Carlos, right? He was part of that triumvirate that got us Ross Wallace and Daniel Poodle and Barry Bannon and and found these guys were slightly out of form or slightly off the radar and helped build a team that, you know, for all of as awful as things are, we were literally a bounce or two of the football away from being in the Premier League and allowing tuna bucks to go bananas. And maybe that wouldn't have worked, but maybe it would have. Um, but in tuna, all seriousness tuna
1: and bananas never work don't go together <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> tuna bananas there you go <laughs> uh, no but seriously especially as an American I don't think I appreciate Glenn Roeder, um having you know just not grown up with the game like that and everybody I've heard has said that he is one of the nicest people in football um, so it's sad to lose somebody at an at, uh, age where they had a lot of time left to continue being one of the nicest people in football
0: Patty is on Twitter at New York Owls and at Patty A. Jones. Patty is a veteran of the League One circuit. Is there a good away day in there for Wednesday nights next year?
1: Um, there is Pompey uh, Long Drive. It's a very long drive. Once well, that's necessarily a great away day. Um, um you know, I'm going to do a Josh. I'm going to I'm going to pivot uh because i don't want to talk about League one right now i'm going to pivot to a couple of things one i want to say uh another person passed away this week which is ian st john who was our assistant manager with jack charlton um but probably more well known by Wednesdayites and everyone really about being a tv presenter in the uh, uh late 80s early 90s with um greasy uh that's a massive loss he was a fantastic presenter a fantastic uh, uh footballer um and secondly, I want to finish on something around. Uh, we mentioned Sid the Greek last week, and the response to his kind of outreach to people when he was feeling low, and it was fantastic. It was the Wednesdayite spirit at his best. Um, this week, we saw the Wednesday spirit at its worst with uh, one of our friends, Vic, from the uh, Wednesday podcast. Uh, and she said this. She said this throughout her life as a Wednesday fan. She she was she's in the media she's put herself in front of the media she's been a podcaster for like fucking years now she was the original um uh, wednesday week podcast uh contributor uh and yet she's still getting shits. and uh, this week when darren Mo was announced she uh went on multiple n- local news because they reached out to her because she's a well-known personality now and uh as usual with uh, most of um her appearances she gets negative shit on, on facebook and social media and twitter uh And she had enough. She quit quit Twitter, she quit um, Facebook. And she's done it before. And it's frustrating that she has to put up with this all the time. Uh, And I just want to say that if you're listening to us and you're the ones that are commenting about people negatively on Facebook who are Wednesday fans like yourself because they're in the media or anything else, just have a think about what you're saying. Because it doesn't necessarily, it's not just into the ether and everyone doesn't see it. People see it and it affects them and it negatively infects them. People don't deal with it as well as you might expect. Just because they're in the media doesn't mean that they're necessarily uh built like steel and they can affect they can take this in. So uh have a think about yourselves. Um don't drive people off like the support of Chevy Wednesday that your fellow Wednesday fans. Uh and if you've got negative views for us, just put it in the iTunes comments, it's fine
2: patty thanks for bringing that up i i know i've been listening to vic for a long time no, no no i always agree with their takes but it's not about that they're coming from the right place you would never treat you don't want to treat other human beings to the point where they're you know we're going to miss seeing her on twitter and and other places so i hope that uh you know I hope that works out but thank you for bringing that up
0: and in the end it's just a it's just a game of soccer We'll watch it next year. <laughs> it is. We'll watch it next year, wherever it is.
2: We're going to fucking watch it next week, man. Yeah. We'll... <laughs> For some reason.
0: And we'll see you back here once again next week.